Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, 15 season coaching in the NFL, 120 wins, took three different franchises, including the Eagles, to the Super Bowl. Won it with the Rams in the 1999 season. I looked at the stats last night on Pro Football Reference, and there it was, right at the top. Hall of Famer. Congratulations, the great Dick Vermeil. Coach, thank you so much for being our guest today. Uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys. Yeah. Um, I guess the first question, I'm sure you, you've been asked this, and I guess we get to watch this tonight. Tell us about like when you got the call or the visit from the hall, when, where, who told you? Well, two weeks ago, Wednesday, uh, Kurt Warner and an entire production crew, about 12 people, showed up at our house at 8 o'clock in the morning out there in the country, <laughs> unbeknownst to me. <laughs> Uh, our n- number two son had come over to talk financial stuff with us, and Carol had invited our oldest son to come over to have breakfast with her brother, and uh, she knew all this was going on. I had no clue, and the driveway buzzer goes off, and I think it's the UPS guy. So I get up, I'm all getting ready with my work clothes on, and I go outside and walking around beside the garage. There's Kurt Warner in his gold jacket and these 12 people, cameras and microphones <laughs> I was shocked, absolutely shocked. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that must have been quite. That must have been quite a scene. That must have been really. That must have been really wonderful. I, um, you knew. I mean, you knew that you were the one coach that was up for uh, up for election this year, and it was a yes right. or no vote on the part of the of the voters. Uh, and at, when you're in that situation, you know, I went through it with Tommy McDonald. I mean, I know it's it's you don't want to get your hopes up too high. But it's something that, uh, let's face it, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award, and uh, it's it's probably the highest honor the game can bestow. How was it from the time that you knew you were the guy up until the visit from Kurt Warner? How how much you know how much angst was there day to day, just wondering if it was really going to happen? You know, uh, obviously we talked about it, but I was very much aware that over the last twenty five years, only ten coaches have gotten in. Now the mechanics have changed. And that, but I thought about it. I thought about how exciting it would be, but I was I was also prepared if it didn't happen because you know I'm a big believer. There's five or six other guys that have records as good or better than mine that really deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and they might pass up a coach this year and go next year and start over. So, uh, but you know, obviously, I thought I had a very good chance. But uh, <laughs> but when it, when Kurt Warner showed up there, boy, it's it shocked me. Yeah. Dick Vermeil is our guest, and, and uh, Coach, we had you um, last year as a guest on Tell Us Your Story. We got your history, but 
one of the um, one of the things that's always interesting is you came here from the West Coast. You were a California guy. You were coaching college out there. What was your sense of Philadelphia that first season and and kind of learning this city? Well, you know, no matter how many coaching experiences you've had, the next one at another level is another major step. You know, and you, you gradually learn learn how to handle the organization you're in or the team you're coaching, high school, junior college, and college. But each level, it takes another adjustment and a learning period. And uh, when I got here, uh, first off, my family was really distressed. They really didn't want to leave you. <laughs> and uh, they voted no not to go. But I just I couldn't see turning down this opportunity. George Allen told me to go. Chuck Knox told me to go. Don't turn it down. My coaching staff at UCLA were the guys that talked me into going over to visit with Leonard after I turned down the visit. So, you know, I, I recognize it's an opportunity of a lifetime. Now you got to go make something out of it. And we got here, cold, windy day. I'd never ridden in a limo before in my life. All of a sudden, I'm picked up with, at the airport with Leonard Tosa's old Mercedes limo, and off we go. First thing I see is a great big junk pile on the right outside the airport on the right there as you entered the, the town. I said, wow, this, this is an old city. <laughs> and then we had recourse for the press conference and stuff. And then from then on, it was a learning experience every day. You know, I still, I was in the, I was in the room when you came in for that press conference. And I still remember the first words that you said when you got to the podium, the first words that you don't, I don't know if you remember, but I remember the first yeah, words, that, the first words that you said when you looked out at all those cameras and all that media there was you said, Boy, this is a long way from Hillsdale High School. <laughs> but I mean, it when was you when very you th- long way. Oh, boy was it was it ever? But I remember you telling me that when uh, when Jim Murray, who was the general manager of the team, along with Leonard Toes, when he interviewed you out in Los Angeles and tried to convince you to take this job, which you know clearly your family didn't want to do, and you had your own doubts about it. But what Jimmy said was, if you come to Philadelphia, I guarantee you, you will never leave. And it was a true, and and it, it all came true. I mean, you came here and you coached this football team and you put down roots, and now you're as you're as much a Philly guy as anybody I know. Well, thank you, but you know, you can take what Jimmy says to you uh, to the bank. You know, everything he told me and Leonard told me, they did and more beyond whatever they said to me. Okay, so that's why we have a lifelong relationship, and I wish Leonard was alive to. Uh, celebrate within this i know he would probably throw the biggest party in the history (laughs) you know but his granddaughter's involved and we've communicated since it's been announced so yeah you know that's great but yeah philadelphia is as you know ray better because you you've written it you've you've told the story of philadelphia and your last book was just fantastic but uh you know what the people are like once they buy into you uh they may get mad at you you know they may spank you but once they buy in, they stick with you, you know, and they're, I could identify with that attitude. You know, I came out of a working family, a town of 1,800 people. My wife's dad ran the gas station. My dad ran the garage, okay? <laughs> so I'm, I'm used to those kind of people. I have great respect and admiration for just the everyday hardworking person. And I, I got that feel for Philadelphia right off the bat. Let's talk a little bit about, um, and we do want to we do want to go through your whole career, but just um, the years here because you came into a franchise that was 
uh, really on hard times, and you had to build a team essentially with no draft picks, uh, certainly in those early years. Dave Vermeil, what was what was the breakthrough? What was the moment uh, with the Eagles that you you came to realize, okay, this is going to work? Well, actually, when that moment occurred, it was the fifth game of the season, 1979, Pittsburgh Steelers, world champions, undefeated in Philadelphia, and we beat them. I had given permission to Stan Hoffman to join us for the entire week in preparation at all the meetings. And he would leave at midnight because he had to go write his stories. And all of a sudden, we line up. Keith Crefley catches, catches a touchdown pass. Uh, John Bunning intercepts one and takes it to the one-yard line. Wilbur scores. And we beat the world champions. And from that time on, I think our team, our organization, knew we were a solid organization again. And then later that year in November, we flew Monday night game in Dallas and upset Dallas on Monday night and beat them soundly. So, you know, we were on our way to being a football team, and it took a while to get there. We, you know, we were in the playoffs our our third year, but the miracle of the Meadowlands put us in there, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but that, that fourth season, we were we were ingrained. Yeah, they everyone was believing, including me, my coaches, my players, and the organization, we, we were on the right track. You know, uh, many, many times I've talked to you about uh, about Calistoga and growing up and the relationship that you had with your dad and working in the garage and, you know, saying that it was your dad's desire that uh, you were just going to stay in the garage and work with him and the garage would then become known as Vermeil and Sons. That was what he had planned for you. <laughs> and you said, uh, no, Dad, I think I want to go coach football. If, uh, if Louie were still around today to see you go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, what do you think his reaction would be? I tell you, he, you know, he never overreacted. <laughs> when you did something well, you may never hear about it. If you did something poorly, you would hear about it. <laughs> Believe me, you would hear about <laughs> it. But anyway, you know, I don't know. He'd be very proud. You know, he didn't ex- express emotion uh, or things like that. It, uh, but I think he, both he and my mom obviously would be very proud. I, I'm just sorry uh, you're not here to share it with me. But they all, especially my mother, they, she, they always sort of expected a lot out of me. And that's why they would get so upset with me if I didn't meet what they expected me to do real well, especially my dad, especially him. He was tough. Well, your mom, I, I remember when you left, when you uh, stepped down from coaching the Eagles in, in 80, after the 82 season, when it just physically and emotionally just became impossible for you to coach anymore and you had to step away. Uh, and you took those 14 years off and you were into broadcasting but away from coaching. Your mom always believed, and she always told you, that one day you would come back and you would win a Super Bowl. She really believed that you were going to do that at some point. Um, and lo and behold, it happened. Yeah, it did. You know, but I know she told me that. She told me that after my dad died, she kept saying, well, I'm sorry. Uh, dad, I know you'll go back into coaching. That's just you, she said. You know, but anyway. Uh, I'm sure glad I did it. That's why I appreciate so much John Shaw and the Ram organization that got me back there, you know, got me back in it. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and uh, I, did I go there expecting to win the Super Bowl? That, no, I think to learn how to coach again, you know, and then I got it going and I uh, did it totally different. Ray, as you know, I, I was not my own offensive coordinator. I wasn't calling the plays. I wasn't coaching my quarterback. I had, coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators. And, of course, at Philadelphia, I had the great Marion Campbell and those guys. But uh, 
you know, I did it differently, and I, I got to know the entire organization better. Everybody in the building was more involved in the personnel decision and, and really into it in making the final 51% vote on who we draft and these kind of things. But it allowed me to develop some really good relationships with people all through the building, and they needed that. They needed that. They came to work prior to us getting there to get their paycheck at the end of the week, not to come and make a contribution to winning and we start. We turned that around. Really, our first year, people were coming to work with a smile on their face when we weren't winning, because we knew we were going the right direction and we're working toward it. And uh, obviously, then it happened. But I, I, you know, I had four of those guys who are in the Hall of Fame, the offensive side, and uh, Tory Holt was in the finals this year and didn't get in. So there's five guys on the offense, and then Mike Martz and my offensive coaches did a beautiful job, and I didn't screw them up. <laughs> Um, I have just a couple of quick questions. You, you said your father, you talked about your father is not emotional. You've been known to be emotional and I know you've, you've oh, yeah. yeah, you've, you know, you've laughed about it yourself. Um, when you, what do you anticipate when that moment comes at Canton, uh, this coming summer, um, they're going to, they'll have the bust of you. You'll be up there. It'll be time to talk. Um, are we going to see that, that Dick Vermeil that we know and love? Well, you can only be yourself, okay? And and I learned over the years to don't be embarrassed being who you are. Be authentic, be real. And I, I think in many ways it's helped me with my players. But my players know me. They raz my ass out there. They know me inside out and backwards. But, I, you know, in my first thoughts right now, to be honest with you, is not talk much about my own family. Because if I do that, I'll be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tearing up now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, I very little on that, and then get into the real specifics of uh, why I'm there. Because you know, I've been so fortunate to be surrounded by so many fine coaches, and uh, you know, Bud Carson, Marion Campbell, Fred Bruni, Jim Hanneman, Mike Marks, Alsaw, these guys, coach, and then later turning uh, uh, Carl Hurston and Wilbert Montgomery and John Bunning into coaches. You know, and. Uh, They've they've just done an unbelievable job. Now, yes, I'm I'm the boss and all that kind of stuff, but uh, they are just a, a huge percentage of our success. And then you know, then the players, God, you know, and uh, people always talk to me since I've been here, and it's been announced I'm going to the Hall of Fame. Everyone's talking about what a great relationship you have with your players. Well, I always felt it was my obligation to pay back to those guys what they did for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember um, I remember when you when you did win it with the Rams and you were on the you were on the platform at the end of the game and they handed you the trophy. Um, you held the trophy up and you said on television to everybody, uh, you said I hope that the, I hope that the guys who played for me in Philadelphia understand that that I'm thinking of them and they're a part of this too. Uh, and that for those guys, and believe me, they were all watching. All they're scattered far and wide, <laughs> but they were all watching, uh, and that meant the world to them. That that, that at that particular moment, um, that you were thinking of them. But I thought it was just so typical of of you and your unique approach to this, and how much the players and how much the players that, that you that played for you, how much they meant to you. Uh, not just the team you were coaching that day, but the but the guys you had coached all time. That was really a wonderful moment. Well, yeah, thank you. I remember it, you know, and it, it was real, you know, and you don't plan to say that. How do you know you're going to win the game with, 
when you're playing. Came down to the last play of the game. Sometimes the most spontaneous things you say, unedited, are the best things you say. You know, and uh, I've said some things I shouldn't have said many times, but uh, that was from my heart, and I felt it. Last question: uh, Do you know yet who you're going to have as your presenter? Yes, Carl Peterson's going to present me. As Ray knows, Carl took this project of getting Dick Vermeil nominated and then into the Hall of Fame under his wings. And he, he talked to a lot of people. They organized. You need an advocate today. You need an advocate. And, and he really did it. You know, he was with me as a kid at UCLA. I brought him with me to Philadelphia uh, as a tight end coach and administrative assistant. You know, he's got a Ph.D., and he's a lot smarter than me. And he could help me with all these other things. And then I moved him to personnel. Then he, And Jimmy really said he helped Jimmy like an assistant general manager because Jimmy had his hands full for just being the, the president of the team with Leonard and everything like that. And, uh, and he did a wonderful job. And then, you know, I, uh, I, I bring him to Philadelphia here, and he, he does a great job. And then he coaches the Stars, does a, you know, builds that program, does guard. He wanted me to go to Kansas City with him. Uh, when he went, I wouldn't go. Unfortunately, <laughs> he hired Martin, Schott, Martin Schottenheimer, who really belongs in the Hall of Fame, 20 seasons. My God, uh, uh, beautiful, beautiful football coach. 24 seasons, in fact. But uh, uh, I didn't go, and I, I broadcast his preseason games uh, mm-hmm. until I went back into coaching. So, you know, we're sort of hooked at the hip, and uh, – I'm proud to have him represent me. That's great. And it also takes the pressure off me of deciding what player I would have present me. Right. If not Carol. Carol's going to present me with my gold jacket. Oh, that's wonderful. It's pretty special. That's wonderful. I can't wait. I can't wait, Dick. I can't wait to see I can't wait to see it go down and I think you know how much the people in the city and the fans and everyone here how great they feel uh about you receiving this honor. It's uh it's a beautiful thing, and it's well-deserved, and I'm so happy this happened for you. I like the way you express that. Thank you, Ray. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Coach Vermeil, always thanks for joining us, and congratulations from Ray and from me and from an entire city on this. Thank you. Take care. All right. Yeah, you be well. There you go. Ray, he got emotional. It's it's so great. And, and I know how much it means for you because you've had a – a very good relationship with him for all these years. He's he's a friend to you, and and um, you know you've been one of his advocates. Are you going to try to get out there for that? I'm going to try to. Yeah, I, de- right. I definitely definitely want to be there for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it's you uh, um, <laughs> I've been. You're getting I, emotional. I yeah, I am. I am. I, I really. I, I really. Uh, he's a really special guy. You know. Um, I told him one time. I said, you know, just covering your team, just being around your team. I wasn't even part of the team. I mean, I'm a reporter. I'm, I mean, I'm on the fringes, you know. Uh, but just being around you and around those players every day for all those years and seeing what you guys put into this uh, and just watching the way you treated people and treated your players, I, I said, you made me better. I mean, that, you know, I can, only imagine the, I can only imagine the impact he had on the lives who, of the guys who actually played for him. His player, I can only imagine how profoundly he affected them because I wasn't even part of the team and he affected me. I mean, he made, he made me better. He made me more conscientious. I always felt, and this, this is true. This is a true statement. When I was covering the team and I'm writing for the, I'm writing for the Philadelphia Bulletin, 
Uh, I'm working for the Bulletin. I'm not working for the Philadelphia Eagles. But I always felt like I had to give my best effort every day when I sat down to write a story because I felt I, I saw the way he and those players were working and what they were given, and I felt like I couldn't give any less. So in, in, a, lot of, in a lot of ways, he had impact on me and how I went about my job without even realizing it. He was coaching me and didn't even know it. So the, our relationship is – it's a deep one, and it goes back a long way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always knew that it was, it was going to be – as he said, there's only been 10 coaches put in the Hall of Fame. It's not that, it's not that common. So I always, I always felt that he belonged, and I hoped, I hoped that it would happen. And I'm, now that it has, I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. And I would, I would very much like to go out to Canton and see it actually happen because I think it's going to be – his speech, I think, is going to be one for the ages. Ray, that was really profound. Uh, I tell you what, let, let's, take a, let's take a quick break. Uh, that, was, that was all very emotional. Uh, Dylan and Enzo, hang in. I will get you guys coming right up. Anybody else wants to join, we'll get some calls, 215-592-9494. Thanks to Dick Vermeil for joining us. Ray Dinger and Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Right, Danger, uh, Glenn Macnow. Really appreciate uh, Dick Freemill joining us, making the Hall of Fame. We mentioned Art McNally earlier makes it... Um, 
uh, local official. Ray, I was going to get the list. You know, we can do that tomorrow. Um, and we'll certainly discuss a lot of Super Bowl tomorrow. Before we get to the callers real quickly, because I teased this earlier, and and both you and Coach Vermeil really spoke of the depth of your relationship and the respect you have for each other, and that is really great. Um, not often a case between coach and uh, writer. But initially, he didn't think that much of you. Uh, no, we, we had our differences <laughs> in 1976. Um, understandable, understandable. It wasn't really personal. Uh, he, um, um, you know, they weren't a very good team, frankly, in 1976. That was the situation that he stepped into. Uh, and uh, I was a reporter for the Philadelphia Bulletin covering that team every day. And I just, you know, in, in my writing, I just basically wrote that this was not a very good team. And it hadn't been. I had been covering this since 1970. They hadn't been a winning team at, at any point there. They were a 500 once a year. Every other year they were a loser. And 76, they were, they were down at the bottom again, and they were a team at the bottom with no draft picks. So, you know, I was every day when I sat down to write, not because I wanted to, but I, I kind of painted a pretty bleak picture of where they were. Uh, and, uh, and, one, and Dick, I could tell Dick was very annoyed. Uh, and one day he finally pulled me aside after practice. And, um, and he, said, um, he, said, you're, he said, you're undermining my team. And um, I said, I, I'm not sure I understand what you're talking about. And he said, well, I, I spend all day here on the practice field with these guys trying to build them up and trying to build their confidence and, and make them feel like they can go out and they can compete and win games in the National Football League. That's my job as a coach. And he said, and then they go home and they read your story, what you're writing in the paper, and you're telling them the, the exact opposite. I spend all day building them up, and then you tear them down. Uh, and I said, well, you know, you just said it. I mean, it's your job as the coach to build them up, and it's my job as a reporter to just write what I see. And what I see is a team, and I remember, I remember saying this. I said, you, what I see is a team that's going to be lucky to win four games. And that's exactly oh, what they that's oh, Ray. That's exactly what they won. That wow, year, in way. his face, Ray. Uh, well, no, I, I, but I, do, I wasn't being personal. I mean, I just, I, I just had to be honest. I mean, he was, he, believe me, he was being straight up honest with me, and I felt like, okay, I, then I have to be straight up honest with him. And I said, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tear you down. I'm not trying to tear the team down. I'm just, you know, the paper pays me to come out here and, and write what I see, and, and right now I see a team that's, as I said, lucky to win four games, and, um, and you know, we, he said, <laughs> I still remember him saying. He said, well, I don't understand you. He said, the writers that covered my team out at UCLA, he said, they, they just wrote good stories. He said, it was like, it was, he, said, he said it was like they were, he said it was like they were part of the team. They were, they were rooting for us, was what yeah. he said. And I said, Dick, I don't think they were rooting for you. He, I said, here's the, here's the difference. I said, number one, that was college football. This is the NFL. Number two, that was L.A. This is Philly. It's different there, too. And the other part of it was, in UCLA, you had a really good team. And here you don't. I said, that's, I said that you can't compare the two situations. I said, I'm just, you know, I said, the one thing you'll learn about me over time uh, is that I'm an honest person. And if, if you turn this team around, and Lord knows, nobody wants to see you turn it around more than I do because I'm tired of writing about teams that can't, can't win, um, I will, I'll be more than happy to write, write that you have turned this team around and that they have a chance to win. And, you know, he sort, of, he sort of just said, I'll go write what you want. And he just sort of stormed off. And, um, and then three years later, when they actually did turn the team, team around, I remember wrote a story from training camp one day. And I ran it in the Sunday paper, the Sunday bulletin. 
And I remember writing a paragraph that was to the effect that, you know, this is the first time in all the years I've been covering this team that I can actually write about this team having a chance to make the playoffs and not feel foolish in doing it. I remember writing that. Yeah. And like three days later, I get this handwritten letter in the mail on Eagle Stationery from Dick Vermeil saying, um, basically, um, you know, I remember our conversation from three years ago, and I see now that you are an honest person, and, uh, um, and I respect you for that. And from that point on, our relationship was good, and it's only gotten better. That's great. Really nice story. Terrific. Uh, I mean, he's, he, is, he is a great, great guy. He, yeah, he, he is. is really a decent a person. person. And as I said, he had, he had a profound impact, not just on the guys that he coached, but he was coaching me without even realizing it. It really was, it really was I mean, he's been one of the most influential people in my life. That's great. That's great. Well, you definitely got to get to Canton. Uh, Dylan in Williamstown, you're on with Glenn and Ray. How are you? Good morning. I just, I can't get into these shirts from Shy Vintage Sports. Every time I get my wrist fabric caught on a banister, the, the frayed stitching begins to disrobe and light a marble southern cut and deliver excerpts from 19th century Spanish novella Fearless by Doug Peterson. Weird. Wow. Well, there Weird you go. Weird stories. Uh, I'm also coming out with a uh, coming-of-age film. It's called... Uh, Licorice, uh, Dick Vermeule, and Ray Dittinger's Rocky Start ends on a good note with Eagle Stationery. There you go. That would well, work. I'll, I'll be looking forward to that one. Wasn't sure we was going to take it after that, Ray. I figured took our chances with two bad jokes. Didn't want to go for a third. Mm-hmm. I think that was probably wise. Okay. Uh, Enzo in Westchester. You're on with uh, Ray and Glenn. Hey, Enzo. Good afternoon, guys. Is this clear or should I take it off my Bluetooth? You should take it off your Bluetooth and come directly to the phone because the story we have is you actually cooked dinner for Dick Vermeil. Yes. Uh, one sec. Is that better? Yes. Yes, Thank much. You. Okay. How are you guys? <clears throat> Man, that prior call, yeah, I think you made the right choice there. Dick, if you're still listening, uh, I'm still waiting for you to run for governor of PA because you got my vote. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. how good it was of a gentleman and person this guy is so i'll give you a, a a mini tell us my story so to speak for you guys me and a, a buddy of mine his father did evictions for a living and way back in the day wilbert montgomery was going through some issues taxes the ex-wife was supposed to be handling it and she wasn't and in wilmington he had a home and it, it was evicted and in that home were belongings one being a Super Bowl, uh, the NFC Championship ring, his jersey, a couple other items. And we had him in a Tupperware container, not Tupperware, uh, a big Rubbermaid container. My buddy's father had him for years, and um, we would always look at it. And I opened a restaurant with my father in 04. We were sitting at the bar, me and my buddy, one night, just talking, and he said, we were talking sports, and we somehow we got on the subject of Wilbert and he he said, we should try and get that stuff back to Wilbert. And I said, you, you know what? You're right. So over the course of a month or two, we were trying to figure out how to get it back to him. And then I thought of looking up Dick Vermeil in the yellow pages because we still use them in 05. Um, and his n- number was in there. He lived in Unionville, had a house in Unionville, close to our restaurant at the time. And I left a voicemail. He did respond. Two days later, I got a phone call back, and he said, Enzo, I would love to help you, but I would rather give those belongings myself to him in person. 
So he set up a time for him and Wilbert to meet me at the restaurant and my buddy and my buddy's father and all sit down for dinner. We did that and it went great. Wilbur couldn't make it and he gave us apologies, which was fine. We were just ecstatic to get the belongings back. Sure. And then we were saying, wow, we're going to meet Dick for meal on top of it. And Wilbur meeting Dick alone was enough. Yeah. Um, I remember I cooked him uh, mussels, mussels in a red sauce, spicy over linguine. That was his favorite dish. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just getting into the wines with Vermeil Wines back then. I did a, did a couple events for him with Vermeil Wines. I know he remembers. He, he's a great guy. That's my story. And uh, you know what? I'll tell you even a better part of that story that day. Well, you got to tell he us quick because we got we really got to run. So tell it in quick 15 one. seconds. He, uh, I forget the name of the kicker. I want to say Morton Anderson in Kansas City. When he was coaching Kansas City, they were in the playoffs. And he iced uh, his own kicker. And after the game, they were asking questions. He told us a story. They were asking the questions, why did you ice your own kicker, Dick? And he said, well, I, he, I, I wanted to tell him about this bottle of wine I had for him because he was a big wine lover like I was. And I told him, if you make this kick, the bottle's yours. <laughs> and he got, he got fined from the NFL, but he said he got tons and tons of bottles of wines showing up at his door every day after that. And did Anderson story. make the kick? He did. <laughs> there you go. Enzo's great story. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, nobody has a – I mean, any any run-in anybody has ever had with Dick Vermeil is a pleasant experience. It's true. Ever. That's true. So, hey, I want to take a, a, just a couple minutes. We'll get back to the phones, but we, we have not talked about the Super Bowl. Um, as I said earlier in the show, I don't think there's a ton of interest in this year's Super Bowl from a fan perspective as a game just because neither of these teams has a really big following. Right, The Bengals are a scrappy young team who nobody expected to be where they are with a brilliant young quarterback and, and very fun to watch. I mean, Ray, I would argue that the, the – I don't want to say they're MVP, but the guy who's responsible for them being there is their kicker over these games. He's yeah. been incredible. Yeah, he's been, he's, been, he's been absolute money in the postseason, no question yeah. about that. Uh, and the Rams are teams that have a, a pretty good number of stars, uh, starting with Aaron Donald, who's the best player, best defense player in the NFL in recent years. Um, I just want to, you know, clear out for two or three minutes and, and kind of let you set it up so that we're not doing it all tomorrow. Just give me the, the quick, you know, preview, your, your two-minute preview of the game. Short um, version. Yeah, I think that uh, it's – I think it's a very interesting – I think it's a very interesting matchup. I, I really do. Um and it's what's what's interesting about it is is the momentum you have going into it because you have it's been a great postseason for the pro football. I mean, you look at the, at the games; um, they've been really, really good. I mean, the you know the the weekend of the four games they were all they were all great. I mean, they're all great. Uh, and then then the championship games were great as well. So you're on a run of really good football leading into the climactic game, and you just hope that this one is at least equal to, if not better than those. Uh, so I, th I think interest is peaking a little bit. You're right, the two teams themselves don't have uh, a whole lot of national cachet, but I don't think that matters. I think the matchup, if you just look at the two teams and you match them up as football teams, I think it's pretty attractive. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Uh, you have two teams that have dynamic passing games and secondaries that are not that good. Uh, so that, that in itself should lead to a lot of big plays and uh, some high scoring. And you have, uh, you know, two very different quarterbacks. You have, as you said, Joe Burrow, who's this brilliant young quarterback who's just starting his career and is already, I mean, he's won a national championship in college, won the Heisman Trophy. He was the first overall pick in the draft, and here he is one win away from a Super Bowl. I mean, he's had a career in three years, basically. Yeah. And then yeah. you've got Matthew Stafford, who 
who languished in the purgatory that is Detroit for, for the better part of the decade and now finally has his chance to go to a real team with a chance to win. So he's a great story in his own right. Um, I, think it's going to, I think it's going to be a fascinating game. From an X's and O's standpoint, I think it's really fascinating. And I do want to see, you know, you've got Aaron Donald, and you said best defensive player in the NFL. I agree with that. I think that he is. Um, seven-time All-Pro, uh, has accomplished everything that someone can accomplish on an individual basis. The only thing he hasn't done is win a Super Bowl. So there's a, a lot of great story angles here, and I think you're going to have a really good football game. We can, you know, we can, we'll get into the X's and O's more tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow we'll I, break I, down I, each unit and so on, and yeah, yeah. But I don't know if you saw, there's, they're, they're expecting a record amount of money to be bet on this game. They're expecting $8 billion to be, well, to be bet on this game. That shouldn't surpri- First of all, it shouldn't surprise us because betting is now legal in most places, right? And, and much more of people's consciousness than it was. I mean, 10 years ago, if you wanted to bet on the game, you had to find the bookie down the street to do it or be in one of whatever, two states. Right. Now you can bet anywhere and, you know, you don't have to leave your house. You can bet on your cell phone. Yeah. Uh, and now also you can bet on so many options, right? You can, you can bet on the game and you can bet on the point spread and you can bet on the over-under. But you can bet on, you know, is, is, is the quarterback going to have more than two touchdowns? Is the national anthem going to last more than 90 seconds? Yeah, you can, bet what, you, you, can literally, you can literally bet on what color shoes Snoop Dogg is going to wear at halftime. Hey, what do you got? Hmm? What do you got? Um, right now, gold is the favorite. <laughs> okay. Last time I looked, gold was 5-2. Uh, to two. See, those ones are scary because, of course, Snoop Dogg can manipulate. Them. Of course he can. Yeah, of course he can. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. But but the previous record was last year. The betting was three point three billion. Wait, you now said ten you, this year? It, no, it's eight. So oh, you eight, eight. so well, you've still. more yeah, so you've more than doubled the previous high. Wow. Yeah. Well, there you go. This is this is where the world is headed, and you know what? The sports leagues who pushed it away for so so long, boy, do they embrace it now? Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember the days that Jimmy the Greek couldn't even mention the word point spread yes. on the CBS pregame show. Yes. Couldn't yes. even now say I the have word. the Manning brothers and Drew Brees and everybody else telling me who I should bet with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. A different world. Very much so. 215-592-9494. We'll grab some more callers before we turn it over to Go Birds Radio. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. And it is time for me to tell you that uh, I got to make sure I got the right read. I do. President's Day right around the corner. You know what that means? Summer is coming. Well, I hate this. Actually, it's not cold. It's nice out. But still, I wish it was warmer. And right now you can save big at United Tire and Service. That's right. Your favorite brands like Michelin, BF Goodrich, and more on sale. Make it the right time to buy. That's now through March 7th, so come in, meet the team, get excellent service. United Tire delivers value and expertise. You can trust you're getting the best deal on the industry's most trusted tires. Tell them Glenn sent you. Remember, don't drive alone. Drive. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medellin, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. United. With Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Super Bowl tomorrow. We'll do a lot of Super Bowl talk tomorrow. It was really a pleasure to have Dick Vermeil and Ray. A lot of people want to uh, want to share Vermeil's story, so let's see if we can get a few of them on. Okay. Stephen Westchester is first. Hello, Steve. Hi. How you doing, guys? Um, Hello, Steve. Um, Ray, I studied that team in '76, and uh, you know it, he was voted as the number two voted motivational coach behind Vince Lombardi uh, in an NFL film segment, and. The story I want to tell you happened in 1981 at Valley Forge Motor Lodge. Uh, was, there was a car convention there. Um, so I walk in there. I get his autographs. He was pretty happy. It was a week after the Super Bowl. Bill Berge was there too, right? So I call him back in about 30 years, and I said, you know, Dick, with everything you put into it, that particular um, you know, game, you you were pretty well like relieved and you you know you had a good good attitude and well anyway coach took off on me <laughs> he said well you know it's only a game and you know you have to overcome that Joe's you know well, Ron played like the best you know he did his best I did my best and you know and he I, I don't know he may may have taken it the wrong way but you know um, I always wanted to tell you coach you know I was just like really really impressed with the way you you know, overcame that. That that's the only thing, you know, that that, that I wanted to tell him. But um Ray, I mean I mean what do you what do you think about that? I mean, um you, you know, well he did, generally didn't you know, uh, he held it with him and you would know better than me, but mm-hmm. what do you think? Well when you when you talk to him this was eighty one off of the championship game, so it was still pretty fresh, I think. The wound was still pretty fresh. That's uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, he I, was cool about he was cool about it back then, right? He, right. That, that's what I'm saying, and I didn't think you know he would be at the time. You knowing him more than me. Oh yeah. Well, it it was it was it was that was a tough that, that was a very tough time for him for the whole organization uh, because everybody kind of expected that they were going to win that game. They were the favorite going in. They had played the Raiders during the regular season and beaten them. Um, the Raiders were playing with a backup quarterback, Jim Plunkett. He wasn't supposed to be the starter, but he was. 
Um, and everything sort of pointed towards the Eagles winning. They had played, they had just really played a great game against the Cowboys to win the NFC Championship. And the Raiders were coming in as the first wild card team to make it to the Super Bowl. So everybody, you know, nationally, everywhere, they were just kind of assuming that the Eagles were going to win. And the Eagles were like a touchdown favorite. And frankly, they were never in the game. I mean, it was, it was the worst game they played all year, and they played it at the worst possible time. So the narrative was always, uh, and I wasn't in town at the time. I watched the Super Bowl on TV like most other people. But the narrative was that the Eagles were tight and Vermeil kept them in the hotel and they practiced so much and that the Raiders went out and enjoyed Bourbon Street and therefore they were loose and they won. I don't know if that's true or legend. What's your take on why it happened? Uh, I think there were a couple of factors. I think number one, which to be frank, I was there. I had been, nobody was closer to that team than I was. Uh, and I didn't see it coming. Uh, I thought that they would beat the Raiders, and I thought they might beat them easily. But the two things that happened, uh, looking back on it, uh, number one, I really do think that emotionally they put everything they had into the Dallas game, that they played their Super Bowl at the vet in beating the Cowboys. Uh, and that was a team that played – they weren't the most talented team, but they played an awful lot on emotion. Yeah. Uh, and they just didn't have a whole lot left. I mean, all of that stuff, they, they – they brought it out against the Cowboys, and then after that, they couldn't quite get back to that same emotional pitch for the Raiders. And the other part of it was I think that the Raiders were a team that had been to the Super Bowl before, a lot of those guys, uh, and they knew how to handle it better than the Eagles had. The Eagles had, I don't think there was anybody on that team that had been to a Super Bowl before. So it was all new to them. The Raiders had kind of been there before, and I think the idea that they were out on Bourbon Street and all was a little bit overblown. But I think what was very true was the Raiders team and the Raiders coaching staff, they had been through the Super Bowl before and knew how to handle that week better than the Eagles did. And the combination of the two things, and the game got off to a bad start. You know, Jaworski's first pass is intercepted. The Raiders get a touchdown right away. It's 7 nothing, and you're playing uphill. You know, and it just um, – they just never really got their footing in that game. And sometimes it happens, and yeah. it, it, unfortunately yeah. it happened for them that day. Yeah, you want a do-over on that one, but you don't get a do-over. It's not best of seven in the NFL. No. You get one shot at it. Yeah, yeah. Bernie in Lawrenceville is with us. Hey, Bernie. Hi, uh, Glenn and Ray. Um, I just wanted to mention a, a story about uh, about Coach Vermeil that I bet uh, I didn't know until the last minute, so to speak, um, that it was going to happen. And it was um, my my son went to the University of New Haven, and he was uh, and he graduated with a degree in fire science. And uh, he had to, he had to, he had to always work. He had to work hard, like I did in school. And I remember I had a coach way back when in high school, who uh, the, the phrase that he that he told me stuck with me. He says, "If you work hard and persevere, you will succeed." And that's why I think embodied it really helped me in my life, and I think it also I instilled that in my son and helped him in his life. But I think that's what Dick Vermeil was all about. I mean that that's that he brought a team that Philadelphia Eagles weren't relevant since 1960 before that. And now he brought them to, to relevance and, 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 and to success. And so then, lo and behold, when my son was graduating, he was picked as their commencement speaker. And, and so I get my, my Vince Papali jersey on, and I, I go with, with my son and my wife. And, and at, the, at, the, at the commencement speech, and it was such an inspirational speech. It such, had such an important message for these kids who were graduating at that time in, in 2008. And it really, it really was so inspiring. And that's why I think, for me, I'm so glad to see that he got into the hall because that's the kind of person, kind of coach, that really deserves that type of, 
of accolade. Yeah. So That's... it was just so neat to hear your interview because it was a great interview with Coach Vermeil. So I just want to compliment well, you. We on appreciate that. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, and and thank you for the story. Yeah. So he is his... he is he is an inspirational person. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're if you're around him uh, any length of time uh, and you get to know him, he is he is truly inspiring. He that is a very good word for him. So let's project forward to when the day comes in Canton, that speech. Uh, we're talking early August is when they do this, right? Yeah, it's usually the first week of August. Okay. Uh, what's the speech going to be? Uh, you know, we joked with him, and he, he fully kind of embraced that he's going to be very emotional. Oh, he, oh, God, yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, the tears will be shed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it sounds to me like he's going to work in a lot of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy who literally, to this day, calls calls the guys who played for his high school team, the guys who, pl- who played for him at Hillsdale High School. He'll just randomly pick up the phone and call them and just, how are you doing? I mean, th- and not just the guys who played for him in the Eagles. He does that, too. The guys who won a Super Bowl for him at the Rams, he does that, too. The guys who won a Rose Bowl for him at, U- and, uh, at UCLA, he does that, too. But he, ca- he calls the guys who played for him at Hillsdale High School yeah, just to cool. see how they're doing. So I, you know, <laughs> he will, yeah, and he gotta, will, he will gonna be in their mid seventies. He's right? going to yeah, and he's going to start, he's going to start naming all of those guys, and a lot of those names are, you know, some of them people will know, and some of yeah. them they won't. But the fact Joe is, they, Schmendrick, they all class of forty eight, but they all mean the world to Dick Vermeil, yeah. and they're all going to be part of his day in Canton. Yeah, I can't great. wait. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, w- w- you and I started the conversation. You saying like, yeah, I think I'm going to try to get there. There can be, I mean, short of an outbreak, Ray, you got to be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I intend to be. You're an esteemed member. Your name is in that Hall of Fame. You're on a <laughs> plaque. I saw it. We went there together. We saw that plaque. Yeah, I assume it's still there. Who knows? <laughs> oh, I, well, you think it's I like always, the Stanley listen, Cup? Every, when, when I, they I, rotate the rings when, every 45 years and they when, take them off? I never. I don't know. But I, I know every time I go back, I, I make a point of going to see if it's still there. And it is. Yes, it's still there. By the way, the, you know, the just as an aside, the Stanley Cup, they do, after a certain number of years, those rings come off. Yeah, I didn't know that until like a year or so ago. Yeah, because they I can't keep said, growing what? it. Yeah, right? I, it makes sense, but I never thought about that. Yeah, and uh, I think the ring that the Flyers are on is like two or three years away. They're, they have been so futile for so long, they may disappear from the Cup. Well... That's one thing. Just as long as it, you know, I, what bothers me is they're disappearing from the building. Yeah, well, that too. That too. All right, well, listen, this has uh, been a ton of fun. And it was really fun uh, talking in, about uh, James Harden and the Sixers trade. And then the back end of the show, uh, talking about Dick Vermeil. Ray and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, and we'll talk about um, all of those things. Uh, let's find out from Dan Wilson. We had a couple good callers today. Two really top ones early. Dan, tough choice for you. Yeah, it was a tough choice, but I'm going with Rodney in East Mount Airy. He had a very passionate call about the departure of Ben Simmons, and uh, he's going to be our winner today. That's good. Rodney wins a $50 gift card to Scheib Vintage Sports, where there is a story in every stitch. Congratulations to him. We will get that out to him. Uh, Ray, in addition, one more time, I just want to mention that on Tuesday night, we got a, a really nice charity event, and I always appreciate, Ray, your willingness to – get in the car on a February night and come out, although the weather's supposed to be nice. Uh, you and Mike Sielski will be signing and selling your books. Uh, Mark Zumoff will be the main host, and it's a charity event. 
at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap 3 DeKalb Street in Bridgeport to benefit Philadelphia Youth Basketball. A really good cause. Conchalkin Brewing Company, which I'm a part of, put out a collaborative beer with Zoom Off called Zooisms, which, by the way, Ray, is a 5.2% crushable hazy IPA. Money from each sale benefits Philadelphia Youth Basketball. Can I get you, Ray, at least to take a little bit of a taste on Tuesday night, just uh, a sip? No, probably not. Okay. How many beers have you had in your life? Two and a half. And you're and that's you're sticking at that? Yeah, two and a half, both on Round a, it up to three, on, maybe? Yeah, you know, yeah. give you eight ounces? I, no, I think not. Well, but I'm looking forward. To, but I'm looking forward to the evening. I'm looking yes, forward to. The, I'm I, looking forward to the company. I think it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a really fun night. I think Fran Dunphy told me he's going to come out working on a couple other people. But Zoo, people who love Mark Zuma for all those years, is kind of the guest of honor for the night, and he's going to join us tomorrow, Ray, at eleven o'clock. Talk some Sixers basketball, which will be a great time. Uh, all right, Ray. I will talk to you then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I want to thank Dan Wilson for producing Go Birds Radio coming up with Elliot and James. Stay tuned. Ray and I will see you tomorrow right here on 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.